making sacrifices whenever he calls you to, selling out everything for him, completely his. Or you're acting like his, his life never mattered, like he never died, like he never lived. There's no in-between ground, but we try to make a middle ground, don't we? Like here, we make, we make compromises, like Peter's making. We make compromises. We try to be close to them, but we make compromises. And what happens? We find ourselves not with him anymore. We find ourselves against him. We find ourselves on the road to death because of these tiny compromises we've made. We've got to watch our compromises. Anything that takes us away from God or his people leads us to a way of death. Anything that brings us closer to God or his people and or his people leads to life, leads to devotion. Now we're back to Peter in verse 66. As Peter was below in the courtyard, that's, how, that's, how, that's why I make the, the connection between Peter and the guards, because I think Mark does it here. He introduces the guards, and you're like, oh, when was the last time I saw the guards? They were with Peter. And then immediately, verse 66, Mark reminds you where Peter's going now. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also were with the Nazarene Jesus. She recognized him, right? It's not a big place. Jerusalem is, is a, it's a big city of, of Jesus' day, but it wouldn't be like walking into L.A. or New York for us. Um, she recognizes Peter, Peter from being with Jesus. This was a pretty big event. Remember, a whole Roman legion went out to get Jesus out of the garden. Everybody knew what was going on by this point. Uh, even though it's still night, uh, she recognizes Peter. Verse 68, but he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. Peter's doing something really interesting here. He's kind of saying, I don't know, we would say it like this, I don't know what in the world you're talking about. He's saying that he has no factual knowledge of who Jesus is. Like he's never met him. He's never talked to him. That's what he's claiming with, when I neither know. He's saying, I don't, I don't have any factual knowledge. It's like I've never even introduced myself. To him, But we know differently, don't we? We know that Peter is intimately acquainted with Jesus. And then when he says, I neither know nor understand that understand part, uh, he's saying, uh, he, what he means there is he's, he's uh, gained a firm mental grasp. He, he doesn't, we would say it, I don't know what in the world you're talking about. He has, he, at least he's claiming, no affiliation with Jesus. Not only was he not one of the twelve, he has never even met Jesus. Now, is that true? No. Is it true spiritually? Yes. Because Peter's acting like he's never even met him. When you meet Jesus, when you hang out around him long enough, when you're devoted, what happens to you? You begin to change. All your priorities, your personality, your life reflects him. You start not hanging out around him. You start not being devoted. What happens? You start making compromises. And you start acting like Peter's acting here. I don't even know him. I don't even know his name. I've never even met him. We have to watch our compromises. Now, (coughs) excuse me. Is Peter making what might appear to be logical compromises? Yeah. Yeah. Probably, right? If he 
is found to be with Jesus, if this servant girl can convince the crowd that Peter is with Jesus, Peter's probably going to be arrested. Remember Mark from last week, uh, the young man who's, uh, who's uh, grabbed in the garden and he has to run away? Uh, he, the plan there was to arrest him and he was going to get the same treatment assumedly, as Jesus was going to get. And so Peter is looking at this situation from a completely human standpoint. He's doing some stuff to preserve his life. But in the midst of trying to preserve his life, what has he done? He's betrayed Jesus. And his life, listen to this, his life is not worth that. My life is not worth that. Your life is not worth betraying Jesus over no matter what we have to give up, no matter what we have to sacrifice to be close to Him, to be wholly devoted to Him, it is worth it. It pays off in the end. Peter doesn't get that yet. And so he's making compromises. He's going to get there though. Verse 69, and the servant girl saw him and began to say to the bystanders. So now she first started off talking to Peter. Now she's looking at the crowd. Now the crowd is incredibly dangerous in Mark. They're swayed back and forth. Early on you see in Mark the crowd was following Jesus and they, they, they begin to grow and they follow and they follow and they follow. But here they're going to turn against them. And so Mark's, I think, using the crowd against Peter here. And the, the, the girl goes from questioning Peter to kind of talking about Peter to the crowd. So she looks over at the bystanders and says, this man is one of them. Peter hears her, and so he denies it in verse 70. Verse 70. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter. So now the serving girl's out of the picture. I don't know where she went. Maybe she went back to serving. Novel concept, right? So maybe she went back to wherever she goes. But now the bystanders, the crowd's taking up the argument, and they look at Peter. And they say, certainly you are one of them, for you're a Galilean. They can tell by his accent. They can, they can hear and be like one of us going to talk to somebody from Alabama. They're like, I know where you're from. So you're a Galilean. They know it. They can hear his accent. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. So this curse uh, and swearing is probably not like what we're thinking um, about it's probably not what you're thinking. Uh, he's calling a curse down on himself. It's kind of like uh, what you say when you're little, maybe like, if I'm lying, I'm dying. It's kind of what Peter's, Peter's saying here. He's swearing that what he says is true. There would be consequences for this, and he's welcoming those consequences onto himself. Now, that's incredibly dangerous, isn't it? Because Peter's going to have to pay the consequences for this oath, isn't he? We find that out in John 21 where Jesus has to reinstate him as an apostle. So after he says that, then immediately the rooster crowed a second time and Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. And that is the last time you see Peter in the whole gospel of Mark. We have to go to the other gospels to find what happened to Peter and how he turned out. And we know from his epistles, his letters later on in his life that everything worked out well for Peter and he 